that's if you love Jesus. What is the revelation of Jesus Christ? What is it? What is it? What's what 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 is it? Hmm? What is the revelation of Jesus? Don't look down. What is the revelation of Jesus Christ? Okay, let's start in the kitchen. <laughs> What's the revelation of Jesus Christ? What do you think it is? Yes. Okay. It's the appearance of is the appearance of Jesus Christ to John. Mom Vai? Still stuck. <laughs> okay, let's start here. Let's let's go here. Uh, what's the revelation of Jesus Christ, brother? They they're hearing you everywhere, whoever's listening to this. To have the full knowledge of Christ. Oh, so we have the full oh, so we have the full knowledge of Christ, yeah. Uh, smart, since your Bible is highlighted and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? No, 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 Judy, don't tell me what I should do. Okay. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Yet is? Is to know Christ. Okay, is to know Christ. Christian? Yeah? What's the revelation of Jesus Christ? Don't be. Is to the full knowledge of God. Just Kenneth Bambo King Bambo. Oh, Bambo Bambo. What's next? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay, what do you pray? Professor. Uh, What's the revelation of Jesus Christ? Uh, just name one that, that pop, pops out. <laughs> Sister, want to take over? Yeah? What's the revelation of Jesus Christ? The love of God, all right? Uh, Things that are going to happen in Come on now! <laughs> come on, I said! Come on! Come on! Yes, Lord. Why don't you say bring mankind close to God? Because he said there is no man who can come to God except through Jesus. Yeah, that's that's ignorant. That's that's some there's some thesis there. Come! Step hands! Step hands! Step hands! Step hands! Isaac! 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 Isaac, Isaac. <laughs> That's it. So, what, what is it again? Things that are going to happen 
things that are going to happen in the future. The apocalypses of Jesus Christ. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he says, he says, he says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which is there in your Bible. Things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it. Signified what? The revelation of Jesus Christ by his angel to his servant. <laughs> you see that? So, Christ's revelation is the appearance of Jesus Christ for the purpose of what? Of revealing things which must shortly take place. Now, this revelation of Jesus Christ is the most important revelation as it relates to life on earth. The most important revelation because it is God revealing the future. It is God revealing the entirety of God's plan. And look what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't put this book in the middle. He doesn't put this book in the beginning of the New Testament. He puts this book at the last. At the last. Why? To reveal or show the consummation of God's plan, of God's mystery, of God's purpose in creation as revealed by Jesus Christ. So when the Bible says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, he is the Genesis and he is the end. So if you go into the book of Genesis, what are you reading? You are reading the revelation of Jesus Christ as it pertains to what? To the future generations. So if, if you go now to Genesis, from, from, from Genesis standpoint, when you look into Exodus, uh, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, when you look there, you are looking into the future. So that was the apocalypsis of Jesus Christ, which God gave to who? Moses. That's why every truth, every truth, every principle, every pattern of God, every way of God, every ancient path of God, you can find it in Genesis. It is found in Genesis, confirmed in Revelation. So, you, 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 you are being told that you can know the entirety of God's plan by studying the beginning. You can know the consummation of God's plan by studying the end. When he meets John, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. Then he says something, I am the first and I am the last. I am he that was dead and now alive forevermore. What is Jesus saying? If you go to the beginning, you will find me. If you go to the end, you will find me. I am the all-encompassing revelation of God. So you can, you, if, 
If all we had, if all we had was Genesis, we can know all about God. If all we had was the book of Revelation, we can understand everything about his plan. So he says, this revelation, God gave Jesus. God gave Jesus this revelation to give or to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. And he said, and signified it by his angel. So there is the angel that carries the revelation of Jesus Christ to the servants of God, not to his children, not to his people. You are not qualified into the mystery or into the understanding of the mystery of the revelation of Jesus Christ until you become a servant of God. And you don't become a servant of God by calling yourself a servant of God. You are qualified. You are initiated into that ministry. You are initiated into that, that, that honor and prestige in God. So to be a servant of God qualifies you to receive or to retrieve revelations concerning the future. This is beyond being a prophet. This is beyond being an apostle. You see, the revelation of Jesus Christ, if this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, it is the most important thing that the body of Christ should be able to understand. Many people shy away from Genesis. You know what? I mean from Revelation. You know what? They don't understand it. Are they supposed to understand it? Yes. Should they understand it? Yes. Must they understand it? Yes. Relax, please. Must they understand it? Yes. They should understand it. But why do they not understand it? Whose fault is it? When the disciples came to Jesus, they said to him, Hey, this parable, Jesus said to them, It is given you. It is given you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. So there is an understanding reserved for those who are given by God the right to have access into the mysteries of God. And Jesus calls them mysteries. So it looks like John had been qualified to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why not Paul? Why not uh, Peter, why not the 12 apostles? Why John specifically? Is there a reason why John was given the revelation of Jesus Christ and not the other apostles? Is there a reason why? <laughs> Obviously, they must. Oh, but you can argue, no, this is based on God's sovereignty. Ah, not necessarily. It is based on divine qualification. I will show you something now in the Bible. John uh, chapter number 5. <clears throat> John chapter number 5. 
And then we'll, we'll come back there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. John chapter 5. <clears throat> now, this is the same John that's recording this synopsis, alright, of the gospel. Now, the, the, the gospel of, of John is not part of the synoptic gospels. It is a different gospel. It is not a different gospel. It is, it is one that was written way later than the three gospels. So, John doesn't write about Jesus the same way the other gospels write about him. In fact, very few similarities exist between the three Gospels and John's Gospel. Because John's Gospel was focused on a very different aspect of Jesus Christ. Now, how did it happen? Because John wrote this Gospel uh, decades later. Right? Rumor says it. Well, it's written in the apocryphal writings, right? Rumor says it that... It was actually Paul and Peter that came to persuade John because John did not have any intentions of writing this gospel. So they came to where John was living at that time, which was in Ephesus. He was living on a hill in Ephesus. So they went there to persuade him to write an account of the Lord Jesus Christ. And John said, no, I, I don't feel, you know, uh, led to write this at this thing so so cut the short story short they stayed with him a few days so on the third day there was city and a yellow or orange light came into the building and the presence of god filled that room and john wrote the gospel his gospel he finished that entire gospel in less than an hour and he gave it to peter and he gave it to paul well whether that is true or not we don't know all right, but that is what is given to us in the apocryphal writings. So when he writes this, he's writing it, he's writing it under a strong influence of the Holy Spirit. So if 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 you if you read the book, especially chapter one, if you read it, you 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 can see where John constrained himself and restrained himself. From continuing a certain thought pattern or a certain uh, 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 flow of thought because of what the Spirit of God was guiding him to write. Now, all this makes sense because the Bible says no prophecy of Scripture is what? By private interpretation. But holy men were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, John, however or whatever the case may be, John wrote the thing under the Spirit of God, as was the other accounts, right? The Luke, the Matthew, the Mark, as was those accounts. But John is different because John delves into certain realities that Matthew, Luke, and Mark were kind of restricted by the Spirit from getting into. So when you're reading, John, you are reading a very, a very peculiar document, all right? And the Spirit of God 
intentionally wanted to be so. Because this John is actually called John the Divine. He's John the Divine. He, he outlived all the other apostles because he was actually the youngest. He was younger than the rest of them. So he outlived them. As to whether or not, like I taught that some other time, right? He's still alive is another story. But I believe John did not die. I believe John did not die. I'll give you two reasons why I believe John did not die. Because Jesus said to Peter, if I will that he remains until I come, what is it to you? That's, that's one clue because from that day on, the community of Christians who heard that or where oral narration was spread, believed that John would be the apostle that would not die. But that makes sense very much so because out of the 12 apostles, you have, you have, you have 12, right? You have the rock, okay? You have the betrayer, and then you, you must have one that begins now to, to reveal the, for, or to, to give the foretaste of the foreknowledge of God. And again, Jesus said, some of you here will not die until you see the kingdom of God. Alright? The third reason why I believe John did not die and why he is called John the Divine is because before John was, was exiled into the island of Patmos, John went through mighty persecutions to the point where they, they, they put him in a boiling cauldron of oil and it did nothing to him. John is the one that writes about the divine life. John is the one that writes about Zoe, eternal life. John is the one that communicates immortality. John is the one. So they put him in a cauldron of boiling oil. His skin, his body was unscathed. And they were shocked. How could this one not die? They gorged out his eyes. Set him on the island called Patmos. You know what the word Patmos means? My killing. <clears throat> That's what the word means, Patmos, my killing. So it was the island of his killing, but he did not die. And it was there that John received the revelation of Jesus Christ. But toward the end, you don't see anything about Jesus saying John would die, or the angel saying John would die. So where is he? So you must understand how the... The order of God works. In every generation, there must be a man that foreshadows the reality of Christ. In every generation, it must be there. It must, the servant from Adam did not die. A few generations later, someone called Elisha the Tishbite comes. He did not die. So in every dispensation, there must be a semblance of those whom mortality clothes. So the semblance in the, in the, in the first dispensation, that was, that was called the dispensation of, of conscience, was Enoch. In the dispensation of the law was Moses. In the dispensation 
of Israel and the prophets, it was Elijah. Later on, somebody needed to come and it could not be Jesus. Jesus was, was the, the orchestrator of all this. So there needed to be somebody in that dispensation apart from Jesus who had what? Who, who had been given the gift of ascension, the gift of immortality. So it could only be one person. Paul died. John, there's a question mark. And the Spirit of God left it intentionally. Because John is the one that says about Jesus. If the things that were to be written about him were written, he says there is no library on earth that could contain his revelation. But these things were written that you may believe <laughs> and have eternal life. John talks about eternal life. So where? If the oil, burning oil could not kill him, what would kill him? If oil if if I could not kill, they tried everything, they couldn't kill him. So if that could not kill him, what else could kill him? So I just wanted to give you a backstory of John. He's very special, and I'll show you why he was chosen. to reveal the revelation of Jesus. Paul, Paul was the vessel chosen to reveal the revelation of Christ, the mystery of Christ. That's a different story because the mystery of Christ relates to Jesus' relationship with his church. Paul has that. Those are two major, two major uh, revelations in the, in the New Testament Bible. The revelation of Jesus Christ and the mystery of Christ. Two different things. Okay. Hallelujah. So John chapter 5. Are you there? John 5. John 5, 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 John 5. Chapter number 20. Eh, strong. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 5, chapter number. Verse 20. Verse 20. John 5. He says, For the Father, for the Father, for the Father, for the Father, Jesus is basing this reason for why he's able to see into everything God does. He's basing 
This statement has reason. Because the father... Okay, verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of him, but what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Because the father loves the son. Yep, and does what? Shows him all things that he himself does. And does what? And shows him all things that he himself does. All things that he himself does. He says he loves the son and shows him all things which he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So, it was because the father loved the son that he had, he had exposition because the word show there means to expose to the eyes. That he had exposure to what God was doing. So, why do many Christians not have... Now, this is not the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is exposure to God's work. So, why do many Christians not have the exposure of God's workings? The Father doesn't love them. Oh, Pastor, what do you mean the Father doesn't love us? Is it not because He loved us in the first place? That he gave Jesus to die for us. Yes, that was agape. It was not filial. For so God agapow the world. Here is the father filios, the son. Now, agapow and filio are two different sets of expressions of love. Does the father love you? Yes, he does. Absolutely. He, he, but, but there are things that even though God loves you, cannot expose you to. There are things that even though God loves you, cannot bring you into his secrets. The Bible says the secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him, not with those whom he loves. Because God loves everybody. But to enter into the dimension of the Lord's secrets. You know the word secrets there doesn't mean uh, 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 hidden things. It means his counsel, his meeting. So a, a man who will have an audience with God, who will have sessions with God, is he who fears him. Now here he says the father loves, the father filios, the son. Filio is a different form, a different expression of love than agapao because filio refers to the love of friendship. So it's another dimension. It's not like a father loving his son. No, it's a father be befriending his son. So by reason of the friendship that God had with Jesus, he had access. He says, I call you friends because what? I have told you all things that I do. For servants do not know everything that their master is doing. But you are my friends if I do all that I command you. How did Jesus enter into the filio? He did all that the father commanded. Now, this is, this is not vision level. Vision level has to do with the manifestation of the Spirit. This, my brother and my sister, is an exposition, an exposure into the treasuries of God. And Jesus 
was given access. He says, he shows all things that he does and greater things will he show that you may marvel. So he entered into that dimension because he did what God commanded. So Christians can never be granted access into the greater works, the greater things of God until they familiarize themselves with, with, with God through what? Through the expression of obedience. This explains why so much of today's Christianity is so shallow. So much is so shallow. Why? God doesn't love them. <laughs> yeah, God doesn't love them. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he asked Peter, Peter, do you agapow me? Peter says, I feel you. Then he asked him, he told him, tend to my sheep. Then he asked him again, Peter, do you agapow me? He says, Lord, you know I feel you. Now they were speaking Ar Ar Aramaic. Alright? They were speaking Aramaic. So, so Peter heard exactly what Jesus was saying, but he responded differently. Was Peter wrong? No. Peter was incapable of agape because he did not have who? The Spirit of God. Only the Spirit of God gives us the capacity to agape because agape is, is, is a love that only comes from God. It's divine love. So when he said, do you agapow me? He said, I feel you. Then he says, imagine, imagine. Even in stages of Peter's filio of Jesus, Jesus gave Peter responsibilities. <laughs> then finally, the third time he asked him, Peter, do you feel you him? And Peter was hit. Do you feel you me? And Peter was hit in the heart because he asked the third time, do you feel you me? Do you understand? He's not saying he asked the third time, do you love me? No, because the third time he asked him, he did not use agapao anymore. He came down to Peter's level. Do you feel me? Peter was smote in his heart. And he agreed. Two times Jesus asked him concerning agapao. Peter could not bring himself to say, I agapao you. Why could he not bring himself to say, I got you? Because Peter denied him. So the third time he asked that it hit him in his heart because you don't deny a friend. So it hit him. But what was Jesus doing? Jesus was restoring him back to the ministry. <laughs> then Peter said, very well, when you were young, you went wherever you want, but when you were old, you shall be carried. The Bible says he was signifying by which by what kind of death he will glorify God. So there is a dimension where you reach where death is glorifying God. That's why when, when Stephen was stoned to death before he died, he saw Jesus standing. Why? He had glorified him. So we gain access into God's revelations 
Trois. Filio. And you can only get into Filio through commandments. <clears throat> now, why was John given the greatest revelation on earth? Did he love God? Yep. Beyond that, the Bible calls him the disciple whom Jesus loved. So Jesus had a special affinity toward John. He's the disciple that slept on his bosom. He had a certain level of affinity toward John. So John becomes the first fruit or the first benefactor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's not the only one. He's not the only one because in chapter 10, when he heard the seven thunders utter their voices and he was writing, the angel says, don't write. Why would he not be allowed to write what the seven thunders uttered? Because that was not meant for him to what to disclose to the world. It was a revelation granted for other servants whom God would show his mystery. Notice, he said, whom God gave him to show his servants, not servant. So, if you read the book of Revelation, the book by itself is not complete. Because if the book were complete, you would know what was written in the seven thunders. If the book was complete, you would know what was the consummation of the mystery of God. <laughs> so why is the book of Revelation so important? Because it is the only book in the Bible where the Bible tells you, if you read it, you will be blessed. The only book in the Bible where the Bible says if you add or subtract, God will subtract your name from the book of life. The only book in the Bible. Why? Because you should not tamper with the revelation of Jesus Christ as was given to John. Notice, as was given to John. But the revelation that was given to John is not a complete one. That's why the angel does not tell John to seal the book in chapter 22. The angel tells him, don't seal the book for the time is short. And from that point on, in every generation, God has raised men to whom he showed the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, a man is qualified as a servant, servant of God. And you, you can tell if somebody is a servant of God, if he possesses the revelation of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I told you, this goes beyond ministerial gifts. It's not about ministerial gifts. It's about the divine qualification into what? Into this revelation.
if God deems it necessary that you know what is in the future, it should be something serious to you. Yes. You should become a student of the future. When the angel Gabriel met, met Daniel, he said, I've come to tell you what is written in the book of the future. Your translation says the scripture of truth. But the, the, the literal communication is the books of the future. So there are books in the heavenly dimensions of God that contain the revelation of the future of this world. And God delights in doing that because he tells us that one of the ministry of the spirit is that he shall show you things to come. Not things that were, things to come. Why? So that you can be better prepared, better positioned to face the activities of the future. But the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why do many people don't have this revelation? Why do many Christians not possess this revelation? Why has it not been shown to them? They are not God's servants. They may be children, not servants. I told you, you servanthood is, is a functionary, not of the sovereignty of God, but of divine qualification. When a minister is blind like a bat, you should ask yourself, is he in love with God? And is God in love with him? <laughs> That's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the prophecy about the future. It says, who bore witness? Verse 2. Revelations, verse 2. It says, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all that which he saw. It says, he bore testimony to the word of God. John, he bore testimony to the word of God. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written in it for the time is near. Verse 9. That's why I ask you, do you love Jesus? Because you cannot love him and not know who he is. You cannot love him and not, and not conceptualize who he really is. Jesus Christ, oh my goodness. Do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? The Bible calls him the executioner. The executioner. The dictator of the world. The Bible says you shall rule them with a rod of iron and break them in pieces. Rule them with a rod. You know what a rod of iron? 
You will be a slave master. That's who Jesus is. The Bible calls him here the ruler over the kings of the earth. Ruler over the kings of the earth. There is no king that is not under his jurisdiction. The Bible calls him the head of principalities. That's who Jesus is. The head of principalities. He is the archon of kings. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And you can't tell me that there are those who serve him, who say, who profess, they serve him, yet deny him. How did Peter deny Jesus? What did he say? I don't know him. Imagine, I, I don't know him. I don't, I don't know him. I don't know him. And he says, if you deny me, before men, I'll deny you before my father and his angels. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father and his angels. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Je you, can't, you can't know him and fear any man. You can't. It's him. Oh, my Lord God. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I know you translated he's the King of Christians. No, he's talking about kings in the world. Lords in the world. He's the God of Gods. Jesus. Jesus. The Bible calls him the firstborn. Firstborn from the dead. Who do you know? Who do you know that died and rose again? Without the help of men. Where were the prophets when he died? Where were the apostles when he died? Jesus. 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 <laughs> Listen to John. Listen very carefully to John. Play me something there. Verse 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds. He's coming with clouds. With clouds. And every eye will see. Even they who pierced him. And the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Verse 9. Verse 9. This, this is what qualified John. This. I, John, both your brother and your companion. Let's leave out companion, right? 
Let's put in the word co-participator. I, John, your brother and co-participator in the tribulation and the kingdom and so so he's saying he's saying I am your brother in the tribulation of who? Huh? Read it, read it. I am your brother and co-participator in what? Tribulation. Of Read there, read there. Nah, read what I, I am your brother and co-participator in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Yes, in the tribulation of Jesus Christ. And in the of Jesus Christ. Hey, read your Bible. Read your Bible. I am your co brother and co-participator in the tribulation. Of who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Number one. And of Jesus Christ. and the patience of Jesus Christ. So John is talking about a compatriotism into in the in the in the tribulation of Jesus. Have you ever heard of such a term? Have you ever heard of such a term? The tribulation of Jesus Christ. The tribulation of Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard of such a term? Have you ever heard of it? You've heard about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know if you know about the patience of Jesus Christ. What is, what is John referring to here? The kingdom of Jesus Christ. The patience of Jesus Christ. And then he says, the tribulation of Jesus Christ. John is giving us insight into the reason that could have qualified him to receive the revelation of Jesus. And he says, as a companion, a participator in the tribulation of Jesus Christ. So Jesus has tribulation. Yeah. We all know he has a kingdom. We all know he has patience. But most of us have no clue about the tribulation of Jesus Christ. You have no clue. I can promise you now, here, none of you have ever heard of such a thing. None have ever heard of such a thing. I called my brother yesterday. I said to him, Peter, have you ever heard of the tribulation of Jesus Christ? He said, what is that? What is that? The tribulation of Jesus Christ. You all know about the time of tribulation. That's not what the Bible is talking about here. You all know about the tribulation that is to befall the earth. You all know that. But you don't know about the tribulation of Jesus Christ. The word there is thilphus or thilphesis. The Greek word thilphesis. What the word means is very strange. It means to be 
afflicted, to be troubled. And then it means anything that burdens the spirit. So at any given point in time, Jesus is tribulated. Jesus is troubled. Jesus is afflicted. Jesus is burdened. Because John doesn't speak about this tribulation as something that is past. He's speaking about it as a, as a constant experience that the Lord has. And he's troubled. Afflicted. And John says, I am a companion of the tribulation, of the affliction, of the burdens, of the troubles of my Lord. Constantly troubled. While men await the tribulation, he himself is under tribulation. That's why when you read the apostles, I mean the, the book, the book of the prophets, many of them refer to the visions they had as the burdens of the Lord. The burdens of the Lord. Today he's looking for men, he's looking for women with whom to share his tribulation. You want the kingdom, you want his patience, not his tribulation. And we call him our Lord. See what made Paul special. To Jesus was that he was the better. The Bible tells us that he was the he was he was God's exemplary of long suffering. When Jesus met Ananias and sent him to go and lay hands on Paul, he said, He said, I will show him what he must suffer for my name. Paul says, I'm a participator in the afflictions of Christ. I share in the afflictions of Christ. How can we be in this generation of the church up to the level of the saints of old, of the patriots of old, if we have never shared of the, the process what was lacking in the afflictions of Christ? He says, I feel it up. What was lacking? In the afflictions of Christ. And here's this job. He says, I'm a companion, a participator in the tribulation of Christ. Telling us that Jesus is a man of sorrow. Oh my God. And no man wants to associate with a man of sorrow. If you want his glory, you must be able to embrace his sorrow. You must be able to embrace his suffering. Bible says, if you suffer with him, then shall you reign with him. The tribulation of Jesus Christ. No Christian 
has a right to call themselves of Jesus, has a right to call themselves Christians if they are unwilling to embrace this ministry of the Lord. so burdened that you couldn't sleep, you couldn't eat, you couldn't, you couldn't relate with man because there was something heavy put on you. Many of us don't know what it is. Many of us don't know what it is. Spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approach. Why have we fasted, they say. Since they are committing transgression, committing sin, yet they pray to him every day. to us we don't know the Lord if you have never taken up the burden of the Lord you don't know him chapter 53 Isaiah Verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men. Look at look at this look at this prophet of God. He, he does not say he was despised or he was rejected. He speaks in the perfect particle. He said he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. That's what John is talking about. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we did not esteem him. There is a ministry of the Lord that is vacant. There is a ministry of the Lord, brothers and sisters, that very few are partakers of. The tribulation of Jesus Christ. Have you ever prayed, Lord, make me to feel as you feel? Do you think Jesus is happy? He's never been happy. He's a man of souls. 
acquainted with grief, tribulated. That's why he's a high priest. That's why he's not just doing, he's a high priest. He's a high priest. Why? The bearer of iniquities. John says, I am a companion of the tribulation of Jesus Christ. Are you a companion? say we know the Lord. We don't know Him. We don't know Him. We don't know Him. he died, he said, I'm exceedingly sorrowful. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. We don't know. Sometimes not that we don't know. We don't want to know that side of the Lord. We are comfortable in our own Christian experience. Hmm. Let's go back to John. <laughs> Chapter testimony of Jesus Christ. Then he says, I was in the spirit. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. In my life, in my walk with God, I know when When the Lord will communicate to me either his visions or revelations or prophecies concerning whatever or his appearances or encounters in the spirit. Many times prior to that, a day or two before that, I'd be burdened in my spirit. Everything about my, my, my appetites, my senses, my, 
my, my delights, my everything changes. And I know that the Lord is about to show me something. I did not know it then until I tracked the experience. Everything, every time this thing happened to me in my spirit, this always followed. This always followed. This always followed. Until the Lord taught me about the burden of the Lord. At that time, I didn't know the scripture. I know it even exists. I read it, but didn't pass through. You know when you read, sometimes it passed through. Until last night, I was reading, the Spirit of God showed it to me. He said, look, Many are not participating. They are spectators and not participants. Do you love Jesus? If we love our Lord, brothers and sisters, we must be willing to go through everything with Him. That's how you, you come into friendship with God. Shall I hide anything from Abraham? <laughs> Knowing that he shall teach his household my commandments. Shall I hide anything? <clears throat> Why is God hiding so many things from us, brothers and sisters? Why are so many things hidden from us by God? Why is the revelation of Jesus Christ in his church, in the body of Christ, so weak? Why is the mystery of Christ, the word of God, here in the body of Christ, so weak? He is hidden and we do not know. It's time to lift up a new cry to the Lord. running through the Lord's mind for six weeks now, five weeks now. Church buildings have been empty. If you are the Lord, if, if, if what do you think is going through his mind? What do you think is, what do you think is, is happening to his heart? What do you think? What do you think? You think it's just a global exercise? Where the name of your Lord is buried through the quagmires? When has it ever happened? He said when he comes into the temple, he shall stop sacrifices. That's when tribulation began. The day 
the day he stops sacrifices from being offered in the temple, he begins with a great tribulation. Spirit of Antichrist is doing that right before our eyes. Right before our eyes. synagogue and whip all those that were playing church and whip all those who were selling in the house of God he said to them he said to them you shall not make my father's house a den of thieves it was not a church that he attended all his life but it was a house which bore or professed to bear the name of God and he said my, my father's house shall be a house of prayer no prayer has been taking place for five weeks and you think that's normal. Your father's house, your father's house, your father's house is being plundered. You are Christians. He said, Tell me where have they taken my Lord? Where have they taken him? Tell me that I may go. What does his kingdom mean to you? 